0: Hello everyone, it is so good to be speaking to you today. So great to have you with us. Maybe you're new, maybe you're a new student to Nottingham. Well look, you are so welcome. We are delighted to have you at Grace Church. I hope you're having such a good morning so far. I hope that it already starts to feel like home for you. You've joined us in our second week of us looking at our Grace Church priorities, our key priorities for the year. Now these come out of our vision to build a thriving community that reaches Nottingham with the gospel and replicates this across the UK. Now we had a devoted celebration which was uh, those who are part of the church gathering together and if you were part of that, you literally will have a fridge magnet with our vision statement on. You know, we take this seriously. We believe it's what God has called us to be as a church. And the vision is a long-term picture, if you like, of what God wants us to be. But because we haven't got there yet, because we haven't arrived where our vision statement, at the picture that our vision statement is painting, we also yearly come up with a number of different priorities which help us make a step towards fulfilling our vision. And these priorities, they give us clarity of focus for the next 12 months, And last week, J.P. spoke about our first two priorities, which link into the first part of our vision to build a thriving community. And and these priorities were number one, relationship with God. Two, relationship with others. J.P. explained that before we step out, before we do anything, we first need to understand that God is a relational God who has adopted us into his family. This relationship is first expressed through the love between Father, Son and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it demonstrates that God's very essence is one of relationship. And it's him who draws us into relationship with himself. Once we understand this, we can then take giant steps of faith moving forward stepping out into all that god has for us but first we need to understand that we are adopted into his family we are eternally secure because of it today we are looking at our final three priorities and these key into our second part of the vision statement they help us to reach nottingham with the gospel the final part of our vision to replicate this across the uk isn't one of our priorities this year. However, it's worth saying, isn't it amazing that we have, by God's grace, planted a church into Newcastle in a global pandemic. The guys up in Newcastle, they are three meetings in. They're meeting this morning as I speak to you. And so we, as Grace Church, we're gonna be standing with them. We're gonna be praying for them and encouraging them throughout the year. But now let's look at how we as Grace Church can reach Nottingham with the Gospel and in doing so be a real blessing to the city we love. In a way it feels strange to lay out our plan for the year when so much is uncertain, doesn't it? The temptation in times like this is uh, not to move forward but actually to retreat and then to resurface when things get back to normal. We seem at the mercy of all that's going on around us. Well, we are at the mercy of it. Restrictions mean that we can't have social gatherings of more than six people. This is particularly frustrating if, like me, you're in a family of five, so we can only have one extra person with us at any time. And I'm working from home a lot at the moment, so Emily and I were discussing whether, if I'm in the front room, I'm doing work, if I don't go out of that room, can Emily see A couple of friends unfortunately we came to the conclusion that's that's probably not a good idea and these continued dark times the challenges that we face as a nation and in the world are hard to watch you watch the news for any period of time and it's particularly bleak and depressing and I've spent plenty of time asking God look Lord where are you in this current situation? I know you're here Lord but what are you doing? These questions come out of frustration, they sometimes come out of real faith as well often it's a combination of frustration and faith but as I've asked these questions I felt God speak to me and encourage me with a short passage a couple of verses from Matthew and this is the basis of Of this morning's talk it's Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16 so let's turn to that now the words will come up on the screen I'm reading from the ESV it says this you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I found this passage massively encouraging, firstly because it's describing a church, a city on the hill that cannot be hidden. You know, in spite of sometimes how it feels, it feels like we're um, kind of hiding online, if you want to look at it in an additive sense, instead of being able to meet together in person. Secondly, It also describes you, it describes me. If if you're a follower of Jesus, your identity is now as a light carrier. That is simply who you are. And finally, of course, it describes our Saviour, Jesus. He is the ultimate city on the hill, the light of the world, the one who made a way for us to come into relationship with him and with our Father in heaven. He's the one who defeated death once and for all. It's through him that light overcame darkness. And this image of light defeating darkness, of people being brought out of slavery into freedom through Jesus, that is the Christian story. And God is at work in these times, whether or not we can see it. His will is to bring people into relationship with him and his kingdom His kingdom is advancing. And every single one of us has a personal story, a personal testimony of God's kingdom coming into their lives. We each tell this story in different ways, some longer, some shorter. Some stories are really uh, dramatic encounters with God. Some of you have had just uh, a real tough time as you've come to faith. And maybe your family's turned its back on you. Or a relationship has finished because of a sudden differing in priorities. Others of you, you've come to faith as a child and so your story might have less twists and turns. But all of our testimonies, the stories of how you came to faith, they are summarised by two verses in Colossians. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, it says this. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God is good. He brought us into his kingdom and his kingdom is advancing. Regardless of how it sometimes looks and feels, goodness will prevail. Light always overcomes darkness and this current situation is no different. I recently read of a group of first century Celtic Christians. They had a ritual for when the sun went down. So as darkness uh, came, they would look at the darkness and then they would light their first oil lamp and they would say, I beg to differ, I beg to differ. We are not a people who are defined by all that's going on around us. but." We are a people uh, defined by our relationship with Christ as expressed in those verses in Colossians. We are a people of hope, of faith and of love. We are a prophetic people with a better story. And today, because of what Jesus has done for us, our identity is as adopted sons and daughters. And this makes us light carriers, bringing faith, love and hope to those around us. Grace Church is a beacon of hope. It's called to shine bright in Nottingham. And as I go through our three priorities, they are in a sense three oil lamps that we are turning on now, we are lighting, and as we do, we are exclaiming to society why we beg to differ. So following on from the two priorities that JP covered last week. Let's look at our third priority, which links into reaching Nottingham with the gospel. It links into that part of our vision statement. Our third priority we're calling gospel reach. And what we mean by this is we want to be a church. We want to share the good news of Jesus. We want to make that central to all that we do. Now there's an African-American spiritual that's sung in churches all over the world. It's also caught the imagination of society at large. So, it's been used as an anthem for various different causes. Um, Probably, most notably, uh, the 1960s American Civil Rights Movement. It was a key anthem there. It's even found its way into popular culture. So, um, more recently, Kanye West uh, used it, adapted it in his song, Ultralight Beam. Can you guess what the song is? Maybe some of you are singing it now. I'm thinking of the song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. It's impossible not to sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That probably probably didn't help. (laughs) Anyway, this song, it was originally inspired by Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. The verses that I read earlier. You are the light of the world, A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand. And these verses are taken from the most famous sermon of all Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This sermon is actually about God's kingdom the kingdom of God, and as Jesus speaks, what he does is he lays out a radically different model to any human kingdom. It was actually radically different to what the Jewish people, the first listeners of this preach, were actually um, thinking their kingdom would look like. What they were hoping for in a Messiah was someone who would uh, boot out their oppressors, the Romans, but instead of that, Jesus starts his sermon about the Kingdom of God with the Beatitudes, which are essentially statements such as blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers, and they are essentially expressions of the character of kingdom citizens. Remember that this Sermon on the Mount, it doesn't deal with salvation as such, but what it does is it lays out for the disciple and potential disciple how regarding Jesus as King, translates into ethics and daily living. They outline the fruit of having relationship with our Father in heaven. And in verses 14 to 16, Jesus is now encouraging his disciples, and by disciples he means all who are Christians, to bring light and life to those around them. From a post-Christian viewpoint, we look at history seeing the massive influence that Christianity has had on our culture And it's so easy to miss the magnitude of these words spoken here. The reality is, Jesus was speaking to a crowd of powerless Galileans. You know, this is a group of people from Galilee. That's an area in northern Israel. And because of the Roman occupation, they were essentially an underclass. They were powerless, even in their own country. And he's telling them, look, you are the light of the world. And against all the odds that is exactly who they were. From the most humble of beginnings and by peaceful proclaiming, rather than force, Christianity has transformed the lives of billions of people. And the encouragement to us hearing this this morning, listening in this morning, scattered around Nottingham and beyond, is that we also have a part to play. We are like those early disciples. We are light to those around us. You are a living testimony to those in the world who do not yet know Jesus. And wonderfully, Jesus never challenged us to become light. What he said was, because of your new identity, adopted into the family, you are light. You are light. That's your identity as a light carrier. And sometimes... This identity is clear for those around you, and other times you might really struggle with it. You might feel hopeless in this area. It may, might feel tough for you to step out with all that's going on around you currently. And even if you, uh, you feel like retreating like, and then reappearing when things get more straightforward, the reality is, as a Christian, That's not who you are. That's not what you are called to do. The message for you today is that empowered by the Holy Spirit and knowing your identity in Christ, you are to be bold, you're to step out and be a beacon of hope, the beacon of hope that God has called you to be. Because the world needs what you have been given as a grace gift. God is on the move. His kingdom is advancing and he uses us, he uses us, you and me, to proclaim his goodness. As a church, one of our frustrations recently has been not being able to baptise people easily. You know, we've been trying to work out options and we've come up with all sorts of silly suggestions which thankfully haven't made it we thought oh could we use one of those older people baths where you press a button and then someone gets lowered or what about chucking water from a great distance would that work thankfully we haven't done any of these and what we have decided is we are looking forward to the day when we're able to have a baptism celebration where we can celebrate the people who have come to faith during this time, we can celebrate by seeing them getting baptised. Why don't you now think about that day for a moment? Wouldn't it be incredible for a friend of yours to be amongst that number? Maybe you've got someone who you've been praying for for a while, and it is, it's God who does the saving, but he uses us to invite our friends. Maybe you could invite your friends to your house to watch Grace Church online. I've, I've seen and, and know many of you have been doing that. Or you could text them an Alpha invite. We've been having almost back-to-back Alphas running every Tuesday. Or what about getting your friends along to one of our home groups on a Wednesday or a Thursday? Even if that's on Zoom, you could invite them around your house and they could participate in it together. Many of us have been doing these things and many of us need to step out in boldness and faith and do more. We are to be bold and intentional in this area because you have the light that people need. Moving on to priority four for us, we're calling this one social justice, to serve the material needs of our city. The passage says, the world will see the light of the kingdom, through the good works done by Jesus' disciples. That includes all believers today. With the result that our Father who is in heaven, with the result that he is glorified. Spreading the kingdom of God is more than simply winning people to Christ. It's also about working for the healing of persons, families, relationships and nations. It is doing deeds of mercy and seeking justice. It is ordering lives and relationships and institutions and communities according to God's authority to bring in the blessedness of the kingdom. As a church, we have a rich history in serving in this area. You know, and so success for us this year would be our food bank continuing to serve the city, those most in need. Grace Enterprises and Radiant Cleaners, the companies that we started to help those with multiple barriers into work, those that moving into a place of sustainable development. We restarted our social hub home groups last week, and the attendance and the enthusiasm for uh, these people coming together was incredible to witness as I briefly uh, chatted to a few. Because of the importance we place on specifically this ministry area and serving those most in need in our city, we have prioritised as a church getting this back up and running above our other ministries. And the reason for this is because a lot of this wonderful part of our community they are unable to engage with online services and other online activities like many of the rest of us i would love for you to pray about how you can get involved maybe you could serve on a team there but also a key part of building church and supporting people from all walks of life it's through giving to the work of the church. So as Gus mentioned earlier, we have a pledge week, it's launching today, and it's for, it's not for you if you're a visitor, it's for you if you are part of Grace Church, you're passionate about what we do, you love this community, and we're asking everyone who would call Grace Church home to prayerfully consider how you would like to partner financially with the work of the church, with, the, with your church family what is the next step for you in your giving journey ask god what has he called you to give and remember that giving generously to the life of the church in doing that you are helping us to be a beacon of light to nottingham and beyond the picture that i painted so far is one of people being attracted to the community here seeing the light shining in grace church witnessing the good that happens here As people pursue God with all that they have but as well as light being attractional it also exposes issues one purpose of light is to illuminate and expose a problem so it can be fixed now I do a lot of DIY it seems to be in an evening it's probably because of the age of my kids they're not too much they're not too helpful with a hammer so they're often in bed Um, it's often dark I'm often exhausted exhausted so it's a bad combination in the start and um, A little while ago, there was a a light in the centre of our ceiling. It's got five bulbs. One of the bulbs wasn't working. It became clear quickly that it wasn't the bulb itself. It was something to do with the the light fitting. So um, I looked. I couldn't see anything because it was dark. So I thought, oh, I'll turn on uh, the light. So I turned on the light, and I could clearly see that one of the contacts was sort of pushed in, and I needed to push it out. And so uh, rather than then turning the light off, the light had done its job, it had highlighted the problem, I left the light on and I got my screwdriver and I shoved my screwdriver onto the contact to try and release it and it's fair to say that 230 volts later, into me, I was not in a particularly happy place. <laughs> so this story draws all sorts of highlights. It, it Basically, it's a strong warning not to do DIY when you are exhausted. You're likely to do something stupid. <laughs> However, the main point I want to make today is that light is required to see what is broken. It's true, isn't it? And over the past few months, a light has been shone on how broken our society is when it comes to racial justice chatting to various friends, hearing their stories, seeing the statistics in relation to things like education, in relation to things like job prospects, the reality is that racism exists in the UK both overtly and covertly. And so racial justice is our fifth priority for us as a church, and it's our final priority, And the idea is for us to shine a light and engage in the conversation. And so in October, as a church, we are running a series titled, We Need to Talk About Race. We have Ben Lindsay, who wrote an incredibly influential book of the same title speaking to us. And the conversation we'll be having throughout October, on a Sunday, in home groups and in other events, essentially is helping us love one another better to become more like Jesus. Engaging in this way will help us to burn bright and help transform the church culture and society at large. And as we have this hugely um, important conversation happening, as we get involved, let's have the words of Micah 6 verse 8 ringing in our ears. What does the Lord require of you but that you do justice and you love kindness, and you walk humbly with your God. In doing so, we are reflecting God himself who is unity and diversity. The world feels like a bleak place right now, but we have a better story. And by being bold in stepping forward, we are a city on the hill, and our priorities of relationship with God, relationship with others, Gospel reach, social justice, and racial justice, these are lit oil lamps that help us to shine brighter than ever, and in doing so, we demonstrate to God, we demonstrate to others, rather, why we are a people of God and why we beg to differ. Chris is now going to lead us in a song that he wrote, and I believe it is a prophetic song for us in this moment. It's a proclamation of faith that God is on the move, his kingdom is advancing, and so please sing it with all that you have. But before we do that, let me declare those verses in Matthew over us. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Over to you, Chris.